Good morning. Can I still say Happy New Year? I think till, till next Sunday, we can say Happy New Year still. Happy New Year! Good morning, everybody. My name is Peter. Uh, I am a uh, longtime member here at New Song. And my husband. <laughs> 34 years, people. That's right. Just as of a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we made it. <laughs> oh, and I'm Linda. One of the 14 Lindas that go here. <laughs> well, I'd like to welcome all of you here. It's great to be together on Sunday uh, to worship together to be in the Lord's house together. Uh, you know, we know that we have those opportunities throughout the week and, and we gather in different settings, but there's something special about being together on Sunday morning, wouldn't you say? And uh, so today is a day that we want to, to celebrate that, that we want to worship our Lord and Savior. And uh, if this is a place that is not familiar to you, if you are new with us, we're excited to have you here. So uh, we just want to say welcome, and uh, we'd love to get to know you better. And there's a few different ways that we can do that. First of all, if you look right in the seat in front of you, there should be a card in there that says connect on it. Um, this card is useful for just kind of jotting things down and name, phone number, that kind of stuff, so that we can just kind of kind of get to know you better. You can um, there's a box out in the foyer that you can put that in, or you can uh, even better take it to uh, the connection center, which is right outside these doors. It's the easy up that you'll see um, right outside, and there will be people there to uh, to get to know you and just to to chat a little bit. So we'd love to uh, to have that opportunity to to get to know you a little bit better. Yes, we would. Um, so if you gave financially in 2022, thank you so much. Your generosity is so, so appreciated. Um, but you will be getting a year-end giving statement uh, via email by this Thursday, the 26th. So um, that'll be for your tax purposes. So if you do not have an email address at all, then contact Nancy in the front office, and she will um, make sure that we get that out to you, a hard copy. Um, also, we want to make sure that we have all your email addresses. So um, if you didn't already last week, Nancy and I will be out at the welcome table after service. Stop by, say hello, give us your email address, or make sure that the one we have on file is the correct one. And we also want to uh, find out when your birthday is. You do not need to give us the year, but we might press you for it. I'll tell you mine, if that helps. Not right now. Um, yeah, so come on by, and we just want to make sure that's all updated so you can receive your giving statements, as well as any communication that we're getting out here at New Song. All right, uh, men, if you uh, like to eat then I've got a special event for you. Uh, this evening at 5 p.m., we're going to be gathering together at the uh, Glendora Marketplace. Now, if you haven't been there, I'll give you just a little preview. There's food there. There's also things to drink there. Um, so uh, you can come, you can enjoy, you can come hungry and uh, enjoy one of the, the, the things, the places to eat there. There's there's everything. There's hot dogs, there's um, tacos, there's crepes, there's coffee, there's beer. Pretty much anything that you need is there. Breakfast burritos. They're yeah. not just for breakfast. <laughs> They're amazing. Uh, 
So come and join us. And if you've already eaten at 5 p.m. and you're not hungry, come anyway. Just come hang out and join us. Um, one of the, it's really kind of a cool time to not only hang out together with the, the, the people that we know here from New Song, but we're kind of out in the community and just enjoying time with, uh, with those around us. So um, again, if you haven't been to that place, it's a lot of fun. I encourage you to come on out. That's right. And we can't let the men have all the fun. No. Am I right, ladies? Okay. Uh, so if you are 13 years or older and you're a gal, listen up. Monday, the 30th of January, the ladies are going to meet over in the other building from 6.30 to 8 p.m. And that's a hard 8 p.m. Melody's like shooing us out the door at 8 p.m. No, I'm just kidding. You're not. <laughs> well, uh, anyways, we're going to gather over there. We're going to have a time of getting together, great conversation, prayer. Who knows what Melody has up her sleeve? You know, it's usually amazing. Um, and if you know Melody at all, there will be snacks. She's a big snack provider. So we want you to come. There's no need to register. There's no need to pay for anything. You just come and have fun. And a date that's coming up for both men and women and children and everyone in the family. Uh, put on your calendar February 11th, Saturday, from 9 to 10 a.m. We will be enjoying coffee in the courtyard. This is another great opportunity to hang out. Um, I think, is it done in conjunction with pantry? Okay, so uh, there will be uh, pantry service going on that day. But this is an opportunity for us, again, to engage with some uh, people in our community. Now, if you're like me... You forget dates pretty easily. And uh, so uh, that problem has been resolved for us. There's a nice little card that's available to you uh, that you can grab right outside at the Connection Center after service. And this not only has February 11th, the upcoming Coffee in the Courtyard date, but also a Coffee in the Courtyard date for March and May. So they're already planned out here. Take one of these cards, take it home, plug it into your calendar, and... Uh, then we'll, we'll all be remembering and seeing each other there. And this is a great way for you to come out and meet some of the people that partake in the pantry, some of our guests. Um, it's a great way to come and get to know them. They come and have coffee. So we really encourage you guys to come on out for that. Uh, a little earlier, Linda talked about giving. And uh, I just want to comment again that, uh, you know, we, we um, really appreciate the financial gifts that you give here at New Song to, to keep our ministries going. You know, realistically, uh, giving is an act of worship. It's something that we do because we are appreciative of what God has blessed us with, and it's a way for us to, to give back to the ministries and the, and the things that God is doing around New Song. Um, we have many different ways that you can participate in giving. Um, there's some that, you, that are easily done electronically right from your phone, if that's the kind of thing that you're good at. Um, there's also an envelope in the seat back in front of you that says give, and that can also be dropped in the box at the back. But I just encourage you to, to consider what, um, what God is calling you to do in the way of giving. Certainly, if you are a member of the family here at New Song, um, we would encourage you to consider that. 
Um, if, if you're not, if you're, if you're someone that's not been here that long and you're just not sure what God is calling you to do, that's fine. But uh, we just uh, want to reflect on how God would, would have us participate in, uh, in, in, his, in the revealing of his kingdom, which is uh, in many, many ways requires finances. So um, just encourage you to consider how you might participate in that. Uh, I'm going to take a little time now to pray, and uh, that's another thing about New Song that's um, important is prayer. Now, realistically, prayer is something that we're encouraged as Christians to do, so the church worldwide participates in prayer, and it's a way for us to interact with God and uh, to uplift one another, to encourage one another, to pray for those things that are difficult um, that are going on in, in our lives. And uh, if you have a prayer request that you um, would like to share with those here on staff and, and through our prayer team, again, there's another card in front of you that says pray on it. So I would encourage you to use that. Um, you know, it's, it's exciting because um, if you've signed up for it, you can actually receive emails and text messages about prayer needs within the community. And it's, it's really... Um, kind of an, an exciting thing and a, uh, a, uh, a kind of a heavy responsibility, actually, during the week when I get a text on my phone that says, hey, we need to be praying for so-and-so because they're going through something. Um, but that's, that's another way that we interact and connect as a, as a body. And uh, so, um, anyway, just want to point that out, that, that prayer is something that's really important to us. And if you have some particular needs, um, that we can lift those up. I'm going to pray now, but I want to just also acknowledge um, one of the things I'm going to be praying for is that God would have his hand over um, the lives and families that have lost people just last night. I don't know if you've heard, but there was a shooting in Monterey Park, not far from here. And um, so, you know, that's impacting a lot of lives. And every time something like that happens, we really need to turn to God because those people that are that are impacted by that and are, have either lost their lives or have lost loved ones, um, they need to know that God cares about them and that, uh, that, is, uh, that he's there for them. So that's going to be something that I'm going to lift up now. Uh, would you please pray with me? Heavenly Father, um, we come before you today as a a body of believers. God, we are um, brothers and sisters. We are um, setting about to worship you and to encourage one another. And Father, today we uh, want to take a moment to reflect uh, on the difficulties that, are, uh, that some people close to us geographically are experiencing right over in Monterey Park. Father, I pray for the families that have lost loved ones uh, within the last few hours here, God. Lord, I pray that they would turn to you for, um, for their grieving. God, we pray that you would welcome uh, into your arms those who, um, who know you. Lord, uh, and we pray for those that are just continuing to suffer through this process, God. I just pray that you would be present in their lives and that, they, that there would be people around them that would, uh, that would point to you. Father, um, 
I also just want to uh, thank you for this opportunity we have to gather here, to be in a warm building when it's chilly outside, um, to be uh, sitting next to those who are uh, fellow uh, journeyers with us, sojourners. Um, God, as we uh, think about uh, ways to worship you, God, I pray that uh, you would take those finances that we that have been uh, so uh, generously given here at New Song, and that you would give us wisdom in using those wisely. Um, Father, uh, we also just want to uh, thank you for uh, those that teach us and that can bring the word to us today. Father, I pray that you would open our ears and our hearts and our minds as, uh, as that occurs. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, and with that in mind, uh, Melody's coming up, and we're continuing on in the book of Hebrews. So let's give Melody our attention. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so much paperwork. How are you guys today? Good? Chilly? Chilly? Yeah? Was a little penguin, Chilly Willy? Anyone remember that guy? Yeah? Okay. Uh, did you survive the rain? Yeah, everyone's okay. My backyard is like a sloshy, I don't know, something's going on back there. I love the rain, I love it, but I love it when I can stay in my cozy house and I can stay warm and I can hear it fall on the rooftop and I don't have to go anywhere. Uh, but the second I have to go somewhere, which is usually always, ah, oh, that's when the rain, I'm not made for the Pacific Northwest. Mm-mm. But neither are some of you guys, because let me tell you, last week when we moved the coffee from outside to inside, do you remember who was here last week? We did that? Some of you walked in and were like, where's the coffee? <laughs> so, coffee's back, all is right with the world, okay? Everything's okay, everyone had your coffee this morning? Yeah, okay, I feel like you guys need a little warm-up today. Let's crank up the heater, crank up the volume today. My name is Melody, and I'm happy to be bringing you a message today. Um, so I have shared with uh, some of you, some of you know the story of the biggest and boldest move that my husband of 16 years ever made in our marriage last year over the Labor Day weekend. Do you remember that story? The biggest and boldest move? Well, over that weekend, without my full knowledge or even any part of an agreement on my part, Chris brought home another baby. And this baby's name is Pepper. There she is on the screen. Oh, look at her, she's so cute. No, she's not. Okay? She is, she is. She's my little doggie. She's my little baby girl. But she's a good girl. She's an excellent girl. Um, she was potty trained in just under a month, which is fabulous. Uh, she was crate trained just fine. Everything is great. And some people say, oh, it's because she, she follows your direction. She knows you're the alpha. And I say, I'm not the alpha. I'm just in charge. So um, she's, she's wonderful. She hasn't really destroyed anything inside of the house. Uh, there's a couple bushes that she's really angry at in the backyard, so she's taken those things apart. But for the most part, she's great. There was no marital strife because of Pepper, the puppy. 
you're a lucky guy. Jesus was on his side for that one, that's for sure. I was so not on board, but I got on board. And as Pepper has grown, here she is. She's almost six months now. I think she's six months. Um, you know, she's, she's doing all these things fine, and she's wonderful, but some things are proving to be a challenge for Pepper. Mainly two things, mainly two things. One is that when we take her on walks, she turns into a snow sled dog. Like she just goes and goes and goes and she pulls you and she just takes you and and I'm just so afraid. Um, we walk right on Grand Avenue to take the kids to school. I'm just so afraid that their leash is gonna break, the harness is gonna break and she's just going to end up somewhere not good in puppy heaven. And so I've told Chris, I just, I can't take her for a walk until we teach her how to do this right. And the other thing she struggles with is that she's a very social dog. She fits right into our family. However, she jumps on you. She jumps on you as you come in. She jumps on you as, as she's just excited. And so that's, that's, you know, she's excited, but I'm, I'm afraid that she's going to hurt somebody sometime. And she's going to, you know, knock over grandma or, you know, whatever it is. So those are two things that she's struggling with. Now, Chris and I both had dogs growing up, and I thought we were experienced enough to deal with Pepper, but nope, none of our experience was helping with this. So we decided to consult the resident expert that we go to, YouTube. And so we looked up all these YouTube videos and like night after night, I'm like watching and you know, Chris is ready to go to sleep. I was like, no, you come watch this with me. We're gonna see this, you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that and okay. But no, she is still pulling on the leash and she is still jumping on us, method after method. So we finally decided, you know what, this is enough of a crisis in our family that we're gonna sign up for a, a few puppy training courses. We're gonna sign up for a few puppy training doggy classes. I can't even believe those words are coming out of my mouth, but whatever, that's what we're doing. So we signed up for a few that are going to address these behaviors. And so on our way to the first class, I had this whole speech prepared for the kids. I'm like, we're going to watch, we're going to listen, we're going to learn, we're going to repeat, we're all on the same page. And uh, of course, we get there and we watch this amazing trainer, amazing trainer, and he's doing things that seem so simple, so practical, almost easy the way he's doing it. Like she just, she just picked it up like that. And I'm like, what? This is blowing my mind right now. This is blowing my mind. We are hanging on his every word, his every move. And then it was our turn to do it. Not so simple. Not so simple. We did, I didn't know what hand holds the treats, what hand holds the leash. Hold on, is he supposed to, is my hand supposed to be here? No, it's supposed to be here. Am I supposed to, okay, hold on, she's back here now. And so I'm sitting there and I'm watching my kids practically do like an interpretive dance with everything they're doing, with all the ways their arms are moving and their, the way their body is moving. And I'm watching this and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, there is no way we're going to be able to do this. There's no way this is too hard. This is too hard when I'm just watching them. Well then, the trainer comes alongside us. 
he comes alongside us, and this is Abby here in the picture, and he walks us through it again and again and again. And he walked through it with each of the kids. His words were guiding. His words were encouraging. He's just, he's giving us reminders of where we had to be and what we had to do. His whole posture, his whole person was there to help us, to remind us so that we would be successful when we were on our own. And in that moment, it seemed like it was coming together. Here we are. It's going to be just fine. This guy is amazing. It's going to be fine. Well, then we get home. <laughs> and about five seconds into the door, what is happening? The thing you're supposed to step on it, you're supposed to go a little bit into her space. Wait, was I supposed to reward with a treat or was I supposed to reward with affection? Wait, what was I supposed to do here? Oh no, call the guy back. That guy, Kyle has to move in with us. He has to move in with us. Let's make him a bedroom. He has to move in with us. What do we do? Do we go back to YouTube? Do we try to find his method? Can we? So for a split second, for a split second, I almost said to myself, I'm done. This is too hard. This is too hard. I can't do it. She's just going to have to be a backyard dog that doesn't ever go on walks. She's just going to have to be that. And when people come over, I'm just going to have to crate her upstairs. And I don't really even have time for these classes. I don't have time for this. It's just, it's just going to be easier to just go back to just whatever we know and oh well. But then I remembered the trainer's words. This is going to be hard. You're going to forget. You're going to have to remember. You'll have to encourage each other. You'll have to remind each other it will be so worth it. Well, today, here, my friends, I'm not going to give you the latest puppy training tricks, but I am going to point us back to the study we are doing right now in the book of Hebrews. And the author in Hebrews here, he is reminding, reminding his audience of a message they have already heard. They knew the message. They studied the message. Perhaps they memorized the message. They knew it backwards, forwards, front to back. These messages were brought to, peep, to, these, to this audience through prophets, through angels, through different events. And then this message that they've already heard, that they know, that they've heard about, was then delivered through Jesus himself directly to him. So the message of Hebrews, this, the book that we're looking at, and as our tagline suggests, it's pressing on. Keep going. Stay strong. Remember what you have heard. Hold on to what you know. A book that we are reading and teaching team as we go through this book, one of these commentaries says this. It says, whether the readers of this message here were Jews, Gentile Christians, or house churches, as seems most likely, we know that they faced a crisis of commitment. Anyone can identify with that term right there? Crisis of commitment? A crisis of commitment, and regardless of the nature of that crisis, they desperately needed strong encouragement to continue trusting Jesus and to keep hanging on, to keep hanging on. So this applies 
to our whole life. Are you familiar with this feeling? Are you familiar? Maybe you know exactly what the Bible says. Maybe you know the message. You know it front to back. You come here every Sunday. You make notes. You say amen as we hear a song, as we hear a word, as whatever it is. But what about when we have a crisis? What about when we have a crisis? And a crisis can be something out of nowhere, for sure, something that you walk out of here and then it happens. Or a crisis can be something that is ongoing, a situation that you just don't understand. A crisis could even be something that you are just so used to that you don't even think about it anymore. You don't even think about it anymore because it's always been this way and you just have accepted that nothing will change. What is your crisis? What is your crisis? We may find ourselves in a place of needing reminders to stay strong, to go back to what we know. So let's look at today's reminder to the audience of back then and to us as the audience of now. Today we pick up in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 5 through 10. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by, by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Okay, let's read that like 17 more times. Okay, let's read it 17 more times. And as Grant has said before, I hope you packed a lunch because I did, in fact, Read this over and over and over again. This is not an easy passage. And we could be here all day. We could be talking about the theology here in the passage. We could be talking about this. We, we could be talking about that. We could be here. Who wants to be here all day? It, one. Look, two. Excellent. Let's get some lunch. We'll come right back. But today, today I'm going to break this down in three parts for us. I'm going to say that in this message, we can see that we have, there was having it all as part of this passage, there was losing it all, and then there was getting back, getting it back again. Three parts today. So let's look at that. Let's look at verses five through eight again. I'm gonna read it. It is not to angels that he, now that he hears, he's talking about here is God. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come about which we are speaking. 
but there is a place where someone has testified, someone from the past, what is mankind, us, humans, being mankind here, that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them, again, who's them? Us. A little lower than the angels, you crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under their feet, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Now, I don't know about you, but everything means everything. Everything. Mankind, everything. We have it under our feet. God made us a little lower than angels here on earth where everything is under our feet. Amazing. And what is the author referring to here? He said, someone has testified. He's talking about David in Psalm 8. And let's read what, what David testified to in Psalm 8. Psalm 8, 3 through 9. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? So he's directly quoting David here. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them ruler over the works of your hand, you put everything under their feet. Now here's everything. All the flocks and all the herds and all the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the sea. Not just fish. There's all sorts of things in the water, right? All that swim in the paths of the sea. Lord our God, how majestic is your name. So, when I say everything, I don't just mean this or that. No, everything. Seriously, we had it all. We had it all. We had everything under our feet. And not only did we have everything under our feet, but we had authority over everything. Everything to obey our command we were also handed a perfect relationship with God in the beginning. We didn't have to earn it. It was ours. So not just authority over everything in this land, but this perfect relationship. And it said we were crowned with glory and honor. We had all the splendor we could ask for. We had it. We had it. I mean, can you just picture a little bit? Man, we had it. But then, dun, 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 enter Adam and Eve. Look at verse 8b. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. Well, dang it. Dang it. And here is where we lost it all, my friends. Here is where we lost it all. Since Adam and Eve made their first mistake, mankind has been in chaos ever since. Yes? 
Mankind has been in chaos. We lost it all. Everything that was just given to us, everything that was in our hand, everything that was under our authority, everything that was perfect, the glory and honor that we were crowned with, the splendor of the most perfect world, we lost it. So again, think about that for a second. Think about the magnitude of that for a second. We lost it all. We lost it all. But verse 9, but we do see Jesus enter On the scene, Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Do you see what just happened here? We're getting it all back. We're getting it all back. And here's where you should be clapping and saying amen and jumping for joy. I'm I'm the only one here. I mean it. Like clap it. Get excited. Right? Drop the mic. We're done. Let's go. Early lunch. I'm serious, like we, turn around, high five the person next to you, I'm gonna come, let's go, turn around, high five, fist bump, elbow, elbow bump, serious, you get it back, and you get it back, and you get it back, and you get it back, we all get it back, we all get it back, does this not excite you? Does this not excite you? We all get it, I feel like Oprah. And you get to be in the eternity in heaven, and you, I'll see you in the Father's house, and you, and you, and you. I will see you there. We get it back. We get it back. I'm not making light of this. You might think I'm trying to prove a funny point, but no. I don't know how many times, I don't know how many times I have to tell people, this is not just a storybook. This is the story. This is our story. This is our story. And we get it back. We get glory and honor. We get to be in the house of the Lord and dwell with him forever and ever. I need water. I could have made that a lot louder, but we have some folks visiting us for the first time today. I don't want to scare you, but this is me. So if you're not okay with this, I don't know what to tell you. Mm. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. How did this just happen? We were just down in the dumps. We were down in the dumps because we lost it all. How did we get it back? Let's look back at that verse. Verse 9. But we do see who? Jesus, 
who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So we don't just get it back. It was paid at a cost. There was a sacrifice made because he suffered death. So by the grace of God, why did he do it? So that he might taste death for everyone. We, mankind, the people who get it all back, didn't have to do anything to get it back. We had nothing to do with bringing this about. But we do see Jesus and who he was and what he came to do. It was not through the prophets. It was not through the angels. It was not through the messengers and and a different event. It was only through Jesus that we get it all back. Jesus brought the finish line to us. Jesus brought the finish line to us. And in verse 9, it says, he made himself lower for a little while, which means that God himself, through his son, entered this world of chaos that we created. I mean, I don't know about you, if I was the first man and woman here, I don't, would I have made a different choice? I don't know. Probably. Probably. But God himself, through his son, entered our world of weakness. He entered our world of frustration. He entered our world of temptation, defeat, death. He entered our world that we messed up through sin, but he entered it because he wanted to be restored to us so that we could get it all back again. Restoration Salvation was given to us freely, but it did cost something. It did cost something. Sometimes that story is even hard to understand. And that story sometimes feels like a storybook story. Sometimes it does feel like that. If you have never experienced what we do at Easter time here, or we do... Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, a Saturday of waiting, or is it Saturday of silence? Saturday of waiting? Saturday of waiting, and then celebration of the resurrection. Put those dates in your calendar right now. Put those dates, April 6, 7, 8, 9. 6, 7, 8, 9. You can't get it confused because it's not the 11th and then the 14th and the 6, 7, 8, 9 of April. Be here. This is the most real experience, I think, that you might get to what those days were like, what that story, the real story, is about. It's not just a story. God loved us so much that as a loving father, he wants us with him at, for all of eternity, even after Even after we messed up big time, even though he had to pay a great cost, he wants to restore us to him freely. Verse 9, but we do see Jesus, 
who was made lower than angels for a little while, crowned with glory and honor. He suffered death. He tasted death for everyone. So why is this important? Why is this important in this book here and now? Why is this, why was this important back then? Why, how is this important to us today? Do you remember what I said it was like for my family five seconds after we left the trainer and we entered our home? What did I say? We forgot. We were confused. We were frustrated. And, and at least me, at least me, I was ready to give it up in a second. I was ready to give it up in a second. And I was ready to say, just forget it. Pepper is fine enough. She's good. Good enough anyway. But the trainer's words quickly came to mind. Keep with it. Encourage each other. It will be worth it. Where does most of your life happen? Not in here. I don't see y'all during the week for the most part. Right? Your life happens beyond those doors. Five seconds after you leave this place, you're going to be hit with your text messages that are coming in. You're going to be hit with, oh gosh, I have to get home and do the laundry and be at work and blah, 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 blah. And oh my gosh, now I have to see this person at lunch and I have to deal with this family issue. I have to deal with people in my own home. I have to go home and see if I have money in the bank. What, whatever it is, whatever it is, Five seconds after you leave this place may be frustrating, yes? Maybe uh, sad, yes? Five seconds after you leave this place, sometimes we realize we're in a world of chaos. We are in a world of weariness, frustration, temptation, sin, all the things. It happens outside these doors. And we may want to give up. And sometimes in those moments, when we're dealing with whatever it is, it's not so high five-ish time. We don't feel the excitement. But wait a minute, wait a minute. We know, we know what we just heard we know what's, what awaits us. We were just cheering about it. We know, but we quickly forget, and we might even think there is no other way. And the truth is, you are correct. There is no way. This life here is chaos. We have sickness. We have mental health issues, physical health issues, we have abuse, we have injury, we have violence, we have suffering, we have death. We are in the same boat as the audience back then. Chaos. Chaos. Chaos does not sleep. Chaos does not take a vacation. Chaos does not care who you are, how much you know, how much you have. Chaos does not care. However, however, let me remind you today that our knowledge of the promise that was made when Jesus came and died here for us, our knowledge of getting it back 
again, should help us endure the chaos. Should help us endure our knowledge that the fact that Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only answer. If you feel weak, if you feel weary, if you feel hated, if you feel looked down upon, if you feel insignificant, guess what? You are crowned with glory and honor. You are crowned with glory and honor. And there is a future for you. And there's someone who came to this earth to die for you. But they didn't stay there. Jesus took that promise to death and back again. And he gives us life now. And he promises there is glory. There is glory that awaits you. I'm going to have the worship team come back up. And there is a verse, there is a verse that we say often when we take communion. I'm going to have you read it with me. Ready? John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For this, amen. Yes? Again, high five. High five each other. Yeah? For this series, we have decided that we're going to say this every single time we take communion during this series of Hebrews. We're going to say it every single time, on repeat, if you will, with very intentional purposes because we're going to pray and we're going to repeat it Sunday after Sunday that we will hear these words and understand them for what they really are. They are not a threat. They are not a threat, but an invitation. An invitation to a way that was made for us. An invitation to take God's hand, a reminder of God's love for you. A reminder that we see Jesus. We see Jesus. An invitation that we have a way to endure the chaos. A promise that we will get it all back because of love. Because of love. I'm going to have you take your communion. And I want you to hold it. And we're going to take it together today. Chris is going to be here in the front with me, and Scott and um, Fuzz and Peter are going to be in the back.
best way that uh, I am able to put this to someone who has just seen this for the first time is that when Jesus did this, he made a covenant, a contract, a promise. He made this promise to us and said, I love you this much. I know what's coming. My body's about to be broken. My blood is about to be shed. Why? Out of love. Out of love for you, for me, for everyone in this room, everyone outside this room, everyone you know, everyone you love, everyone you don't love. This is for everybody. And this is a promise, a promise that he has made a way for us to endure. Let's take the bread. I think I've shared before that one of my daughters one time called this Jesus blood juice. She said, I, I forget what she said, but basically she was asking me a question and she said, Mom, are we, are we taking the Jesus blood juice? And I was like, oh, Abby, it's not called that. Actually, <laughs> she has a point. This is Jesus blood juice that we take and we remember that someone loved us so much that his blood was spilled for us. Let's take the cup. I don't know what your crisis is, <clears throat> or maybe I do. Whatever your crisis is, I may not know what to tell you. There may not be a solution that you see, that I see, that anyone sees. But I do see Jesus. And I know that he has given us all a way to endure. A way to get through today, a way to get through tomorrow, a way to make it through the chaos. That's the way he originally wanted it when he, when we had it all, when he gave us everything. Chaos. But we get to have it all back because of his love, because of his promise. We're about to sing this song and it says, you're the God of covenant. You're the God of faithful promises. Time and time and time again, you have proven you do just what you say. Though the storms may come, seasons change, the winds may blow, 
I will remain steadfast. I will remain steadfast. And listen to this part. And let my heart learn that when you say a word, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. Great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. From the rising sun to the setting same, I will praise your name. It's hard when the winds blow. It's hard. But let our hearts learn that he has said a word and it will come to pass. Can you hold on to that this morning? Can you hold on to that promise? If you need reminders, let me have you do something right now. You take out that connect card in front of you and get a pen and write down your name and say, I need reminders, Melody. I need reminders. We will remind you. You are all remind. We are all reminded today. We are all reminded today. But if you need reminders, let us be there. Let us endure this with you. And we will help your heart learn that when God speaks a word, it will come to pass. Will you stand and sing this? Let's sing it together today.